podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on? I, uh, not, not bad, JJ. Thanks for, uh, thanks for always calling me lovely. I always appreciate that. You are lovely. Uh, even with a hat on, which I have a hat on right now. Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, so I, I just want to share at the top, top of the show that, um, you know, we, we sometimes talk about our exercise routines, running. Of course. Various, you know, things to make sure we don't weigh 300 pounds the way the way i see it denny because is that if we say it to the world then we have to do it because <laughs> that's because, actually because right. then if, if if our 13 listeners hear it then we're then, then we have to yeah right they, they will hold us accountable right uh except for when we promised to do a 40-yard dash and we never did which is a shame it'll happen it's a shame on both of our houses yeah um so here's here's what's happened since my daughter was born uh four weeks ago uh i have um i've gone full dad as far as exercise goes and here's here's what i do i don't i don't run anymore no i used to to run like a mile maybe a mile and a half i hated it everybody knows i hate running hate it what i do now is i put that little baby in a stroller and i stroll around the neighborhood (laughs) is it is it but, but you're walking you're not doing the 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 run with no, the stroller I, thing, I'm walking. Basically, I'm walking as fast as I can possibly walk, which I thought was a joke. Like I was like, "Oh well, this is not going to be real exercise," but I'm exhausted by the end. Like I'm beat by the end, yeah. and I'm drenched in sweat. It actually feels like some exercise. I have to be honest. I believe it. I believe that it's. Is it? Is it super hot up there right now? Oh man, yeah. It was like uh, 92 today. Yeah. Um, so yeah right and oh but but here's the thing uh instead of you know running by all the um you know the bombs and the elderly folks who walk around the neighborhood in the morning now now i I, i'm like walking with them so like i'm (laughs) i'm strolling i'm strolling with this baby and like having to like talk with like the, the, the 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 nice old lady down the street who strolls her grandchild it's 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 made me feel like I'm 100 years old, and and this is like a quick advance of age because six weeks ago I was out there running and no one could talk to me because I was running. I was running right past those people. So, now I'm with them. Are you? Have we talked about this before? Are you a waiver in your neighborhood, like in in, in your area? Like like if you're if you're walking by people, like are you or dr- look? If I'm driving by people in my neighborhood, I I'm a waiver. I wave. I say hello. I don't. Uh, you know, they they sometimes I get a weird stare. Sometimes they wave back, but I wave. Well, let me. So, is this something that you would have done in Pittsburgh as well? Yeah, I, w- I mean, I would have, but now, but I was young. Like it was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't an adult in Pittsburgh because right. I was in college and then I moved sure. away. But like the, the for me, I'm an adult now. I feel like I want to be neighborly, and what's more neighborly than to wave every time you go by someone? So my my neighborhood is so deeply unfriendly oh, I that you. that it's it's almost it's almost embarrassing to be the one who 
who who who like you know has their bluff called and waves because you wave and the and then a person either ignores you completely or sees that you waved and maybe gives you a head nod but probably doesn't even acknowledge that you exist so but that but that that's i think that's the region like when i'm when i visit when i go to north carolina for thanksgiving uh people there are are so friendly i'm like what the the hell what do you what the hell do you want you just said you just said hello right you you don't know me right i get my bear mace out right Um, exactly that's a good point that's a good point there's also something else going on right now denny and that's a a new thing that we're doing at least this episode guys denny right now I'm, i'm watching him on this on this call he is drinking an ipa i am i'm doing it for the people he's doing it so tell us about the ipa that you're drinking right now okay so i some actually someone on Twitter suggested oh no no it was my it, it was it was your boy uh Leone. Oh nice nice yeah. He, he he suggested the other day that I he would like a show in which I do things that I hate which you know is pretty much everything. Um like eat a hot dog um or eat mustard or drink an IPA and I thought that, that was a pretty good idea. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So now you're going to be drinking an IPA through. Are is this going to be an every week occurrence? Are you going to be doing drinking, or is it going to be a different thing? Like, are you going to be taking <laughs> bites of hot dogs randomly throughout uh, next week's show? I, you know what, I, I'm looking. I'm up for suggestions. I mean, within reason. Okay, don't you know? Don't don't write in saying you know squirt a bottle of, of mustard in your mouth the entire show. Okay, right, I'm not. Right. I don't want to throw up on my computer. You have to, you have to eat an entire thing of mustard. Right, well, right. Yeah. No, let's be let's be reasonable. I'm a human being. I don't want to be sick for. Right. I, you know, this is not jackass. Yeah, this is this um, is not fear factor. This is living the stream. But still, so tell us about this IPA. Yeah. Okay. So I walked into the beer store across the street and I said, "I need an IPA." No, I, I didn't actually say that. I, I went in and I just found the first IPA that I saw and I and I picked it up, and it's called uh, Saranac uh, IPA. Um, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I took What's the, the first sip. Percent? Oh yeah, I, I don't see that anywhere. But I took the first sip, and it was it. it was actually pretty good. I have to say, I took a sip. It was ice cold, very good. But here's the problem: it's been ten minutes now since I opened it. It's starting to not be freezing cold, and <laughs> and so now I can taste it. Now I can <laughs> taste it beyond just being cold, and it. It's just thick. It's just thick. I don't. You need. Get it. You need to get. You need to get a session IPA, which is more. Of, it's, okay. it's a lighter, not as much alcohol in it. It's a lighter, more summery IPA. That's. I. I drink a lot of session IPAs. That's a white IPA that you're drinking right now. It looks. Like. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not the worst. I'll. I'll just say. Yeah, that's a good. That's that, a good. I mean, that's a good type of of IPA to go to. Uh, I I've had a, an IPA called Dogfish Head. Do you know about this? Yeah, I know Dogfish Head. Okay, that is that's actually like like drinking like hell. I, I mean, like I, I, I it, no seriously, that it's horrible. My friend Marielle uh, coined a phrase for for a dogfish head, dog head fish, whatever it is. Um, uh, it it tastes like drinking Satan's hoof. Okay, <laughs> like like by the end, you're just like barely able to to you know take down the last few sips. And it's just god awful. So I'm I'm fully expecting that with this IPA. You know, we were um we were at on a golf course uh, uh like in March or something because we can play golf in March in in Charlotte because it's warm. Uh, sure. Yeah. But I was playing with Mike Leone, who we, who you mentioned earlier in the podcast, and he we we did a closest to pin 
on on this par three. He lost. Uh, Adam Hummel was also there, who's who's part of the Daily Roto team. And the only beer we had was an IPA, and the loser had a shotgun of beer, and Leone shotgunned an IPA. That's so gross. It happened. It was real life. Was he? Did he? He was. He, so he's alive today. He, so I, I guess he lived through he, it. He lived through it. He did. He 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 uh, drank it like a champ. It's it's. I mean, I should have posted that video to Twitter rather than the video of me swinging and hitting a tee shot on the Twitter. <laughs> That was that was most, uh, that was the most insane thing. That okay, like we just had our fourth. I had a great Fourth of July, you know. But but like the the thing that I'm going to remember most about this Fourth of July weekend was the fact that I put my my golf swing on Twitter and people lit me up, lit me up, destroy me. And and look look look, look I'm not I'm not. A, I mean, I shot like I shot a 91. I'm not a terrible golfer, right? And like you could, t- I mean, I I. I I swing like I'm a playing baseball because I have a baseball background. But like, my God! But there, it was it was amazing though because someone someone actually took a, a still of my follow through. My follow through looked great. It's just my backswing was really yeah. was was pretty jacked up. Well, so someone someone mentioned that you got, you actually got the club back to a good place at impact. Right, which is what um, matters despite- at the end of the day. Ask Jim Furyk. Ask Jim right, Furyk ex- what matters. Exa- yeah, exactly. Great, great, great call. Yes, Jim Furyk has a funky ass swing that I love. I love that swing. That thing comes out. His elbows flying. It's way past. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, way past level at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, he drops it into the same slot every time. That just sounds dirty, but and you know, and and he and he and he hits it and he hits a great ball. You know, I mean, not, nothing, nothing too you know ridiculously lengthy but still good look i mean at the end of the day as long i told you know i I, the way i responded to everyone my goal with golf is just complete competency right like Mm -hmm. i i want to i want to be able like you know in a sit in a scenario where i need to go out with people that i don't know and like you know you don't want to be that guy who's horrible but you at the same time you don't always want to be the guy who's shooting who has a one handicap so i'm 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 very average. It's fine. Someone actually said I'm way above average given the score that I had, just given the national average. But yeah, but, definitely. But no, I not, did. Not, I, I will say. I will say. After people critiqued my swing, in the back nine, my tee shots were a lot better because I didn't. I, I tried to shorten my backswing a little bit. Um, I, I've that's always helped me. You know, one, one thing I, I learned playing. I, I was on a junior golf team when I was like 15, 16 years old. And and we would play we would play against the the seniors the senior citizen team that 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 represent that were that was represented at the course, and we played against them every year. And we the kids got their asses handed to them every year, even though we hit the ball way further. Right. We were we were you know mostly more accurate with our irons and much longer with our irons, but they killed us. And their swings, the senior citizen swings, were horrendous they were all self-taught you know mm-hmm. we're getting we're getting lessons our our moms and dads are you know uh t- taking out a second and third mortgage to give us freaking golf lessons right. and these these guys are out there with these horrible swings and they're just beating us constantly so you know the prettiest swing uh you know doesn't win yeah there was a that we we had three of us and we got paired up with a dude who's probably in his 60s and he i think he shot an 85 and just destroyed us like i it was just that that's just the way it goes but yeah that was that was an interesting uh interesting day watching watching people take screenshots of a video that i put on twitter listen i, I credit and now listen i totally listeners i totally credit jj 
that is that's a big time move to put your golf swing on Twitter. I've thought about that before when I'm at the driving range mm-hmm. and you know, like Melissa's with me. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about it, and but I can't, I can't deal with your critiques, people. And then, and I deal with a lot. I deal with a lot on you Twitter, do. but do. I can't, I don't know if I can deal with that. You you, you deal with people telling you to delete your account daily. Multiple people telling every, you to delete every single day, but you can't put your golf swing up there. But I can't, and that's brave. That's brave. And I, I would dare anybody to put their golf swing out on Twitter. I mean, like, like not just picture. I'm talking the full slow motion swing like JJ did. That is, that's bravery. Yeah. I mean, like, like to me, like, I, I guarantee you, there were some people that were like, you could tell, like, we're very good at golf that were, but they were, they were the ones that were giving like real feedback. All the people that were giving me the crap feedback were the ones who I challenged them to 18. Those people. There you go. Bring it. Let's go. All right, Denny. Absolutely. How are you? How are you around the greens? Just real quick. I'm. I that's that's really what uh what saved me last week. I'm pretty. I'm a I'm a decent putter. I'm chipping. Chipping is my my go to. I'm that's that's my strong that's part, strong part of my game. So it that's, that's all, it helps. Yeah. When I'm when I'm like a hundred to hundred and twenty out, I feel really good. That's yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. I, I used to laugh at people who 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 spent. 90% of their practice time hammering drivers on the range. Right, right. Exactly. Why? Exactly. Why? There are days where I can, like, just crush the ball, but, you know, it's not, it's consistency I, I will never have in there golf. Anyway. All right. Well, today, Denny, we are going to – and actually, not Denny. Denny already knows. To you listeners, today we're going to kind of uh, keep it a little casual. Uh, there's not going to be super, super deep talk here. Uh, but I think that it's important. Denny mentioned to me before the podcast that he uh, did a draft, a real draft, uh, prior or a couple couple days ago, and um, it was a mo- for money. And in that draft, uh, he noticed that there were not only were people bad, but uh, you know there there's a lot of uh, there's there's different strategies that you have to kind of go with when you're drafting in early July, mid July, even late July, as opposed to Labor Day weekend. Uh, there's, there's just a different mentality that you need to have. And I think that a good portion of you listeners will probably be part of drafts that occur earlier rather than later, just because of schedule conflicts or because you're a degenerate, one of the two. Uh, so I figured it's, you know, we figured it's probably a good idea to just talk through some of the different ways that we go about those drafts. So Denny, why don't you kick it off? Just start, just start talking about it. I just want to say I just had a really bad sip of IPA. I really wish I had a Miller Lite to cleanse the palate right now. I just need to cleanse. But uh, so I this this was a, a draft uh, that I did the other day that was on Yahoo. Okay, and it was uh, if you're not familiar with like the standard Yahoo format, there's no flex, which you know I found five. I'm ha- having you know a heart attack because I can't deal with not having a flex and I don't know what to do at that point, but, uh, uh, there's no, there's no flex and you have to fill the quarterback spot, the defensive spot and the kicker spot. You have to. Okay. And I think ESPN is the same. Do you know, JJ? Um, I, 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 you mean in terms of filling or with the, uh, like have to, like you have to fill. I do believe that you have to fill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's bogus. I mean, you know, really the ideal format for me at least I think JJ would agree is is that you you don't have to fill every single roster spot in the draft. So what what I did after right after the draft is um, I dropped I dropped my quarterback, which is Kirk Cousins. I dropped my defense. I don't even remember my defense. 
Um, and obviously I dropped my kicker and I picked up um, three guys who I, who I think, you know, and, and this is somewhat guesswork, but who I think could benefit from, uh, you know, from a preseason injury, from roster moves, just from, from some uncertainty. Uh, and uh, I, I, I'm blanking on one of them right now, but uh, one of them was Buck Allen from, from the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was, uh, was the Seattle uh, backup from Notre Dame, CJ. How do you say his last name? Precise. Precise. Uh, and, um, and the third one was um, Isaiah Crowell. Okay. And I'm not big on, on Crowell, but I mean, he was out there. So I picked him up. And so the, you know, I just, I think that you can really grab an edge before things start happening in August and get guys like that who are out on the wire. And I saw, look, I saw Shane Vereen out there. So there, there are, you know, six, seven, eight running backs who I thought could really by week one have a, have a real role. And they were just sitting there on the waiver wire. So it's just something to to think about if your draft is coming up. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I think running back is really the position that you should focus on most whenever you're drafting early. A lot of that has to do with what Sean Siegel writes about with zero RB and the fact that, I mean, it's essentially with, with the running back position, you know, a running back goes down, the guy who steps in is going to have a higher likelihood of being, you know, a, a very usable fantasy asset as opposed to if a wide receiver goes down, right? And so I think it, it, because of that, um, you know, you can take advantage. You know, I, I'm not I'm not someone who would, who would ever advocate drafting a handcuff and actually using equity on a handcuff. But at the same time, I think that because you're not using equity, you draft your team, and then if you drop your quarterback because you know that you're going to stream, definitely drop your kicker because it's it's a, a worthless position, and and drop your defense. If you drop those positions, you get three open spots. That's where you can pick up your handcuffs. Now, the way that I, you know, I think that this also is another discussion, uh, how you handcuff and where you look for handcuffs. So a lot of people just automatically look, oh, I have Le'Veon Bell. I need D'Angelo Williams. Maybe that's a bad example because D'Angelo Williams, we know would be an RB1. But let's say I have Devontae Freeman. I'm going to want to pick up Tevin Coleman, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the wrong way to do handcuffing because at the end of the day, your RB1 has more or less, you know, it's obviously player dependent, but let's just assume that they have no no higher or lower chance of getting hurt in the preseason, right? Right. Um, and so, therefore, I'd rather look at a handcuff for another team, uh, another player that's not on my team. Right. So if, let's just say, for instance, Jarek McKinnon is out on the waiver wire and I don't have Adrian Peterson, I'm picking up Jarek McKinnon over, let's say, if I have Devontae Freeman, over Tevin Coleman. And the reason for that is because you're maximizing your upside. Because if, sure, Devontae Freeman goes down, you don't have Tevin Coleman. I, I totally understand that. But if Adrian Peterson does go down, you now have Jarek McKinnon, who would be probably a low-end RB1, and you have yeah. him with Devontae Freeman. So it's really an upside look for me. Um, you know, I, I'm not one that's going to predict injuries or anything like that, but I think that's, that's actually the way as well that you should go about your MFL 10 building. Uh, I think we talked about that a little bit on the podcast as well. Your MFL 10 squads, you, if, if you draft Le'Veon Bell, you shouldn't be drafting D'Angelo Williams. You should be getting D'Angelo Williams on teams that you don't have Le'Danian, or Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think that's, that's really the way that you should be looking at, uh, once you drop those those three positions, maybe two if you want to hold on to your quarterback, once you drop those those positions, 
those are the type of guys that you should really be looking for. Right. Yeah. No, and, and I agree with that. I, I would say that, you know, like any discussion we have on the show, you know, we're, we're not really, you know, if it's, you are not talking about your 14 team league with huge benches right now. Right. I mean, right. we're, we're not, we're not saying that you don't need a quarterback kicker defense. I mean, if, if those, if those are in short supply, then, then you need to be smart about it. But you know, the, the league I was in is actually a 10 team league, which yes, I do play in some 10 team leagues and they, uh, and so, so there were just guys everywhere, uh, available everywhere. So I just didn't make sense, uh, to hold on. And, and you like, look, I don't have on that team. I don't have Thomas Rawls, mm-hmm. but I have precise. So, uh, you know, and who says, I mean, who knows who's going to be taking snaps as the starter in week one right now right. in Seattle? That, no one. That, that's that's a huge thing too. I think is that I you know when you your your draft itself, I think that you should be a little bit more attractive, attracted to those ambiguous situations, but yes. but but not using high equity picks on those ambiguous situations. So, for instance, yes. I, I think last season, you know, this is obviously hindsight analysis, but when you look at it, it's like, holy shit, we should have we should have seen this. But right. like Devontae Freeman, right? Yes. Devontae Freeman, more of an eighth or ninth round pick, Tevin Coleman going a few rounds earlier than him in a June or, or in a July or in a, in a mid to late July draft, you should have been targeting. I mean, I, I didn't because I'm stupid, but you should have been targeting Devontae Freeman in that, in that instance because he's the cheaper of the running back by committee system. Uh, I, I think that there's a couple of those that you can probably look at this season where, you know, you have the bears right now. I know that Jeremy Langford, you know, his ADP is slipping. So that's a little bit attractive, but I think that the bears are in a really interesting situation uh, that you should monitor. The lions are in somewhat of a, uh, of a situation where, you know, Abdullah should be the guy, but they're talking about Zenner being the the big bodied back and, and so on. And he's, He's free. You know, if you get him off the waiver wire, who knows what can happen out of that? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned that you picked up Buck Allen. Uh, I think that that's a perfect situation where everyone's going to be drafting. I'm, I, I believe Justin Forsett has the highest uh, yeah. ADP mm-hmm. of that group. If you get Buck Allen, you know, four rounds later, or if he doesn't get drafted like he didn't in your case, that's also potentially a steal because what if he grabs hold of the number one job? Um, you know, I think that, and then I think, I think a, a really interesting team is the Jaguars where Yeldon's probably going to have an earlier ADP. He already does have an earlier ADP, but there's that off chance that a real chance that Chris Ivory is the guy who is actually taking that early down work and the goal line work. Whereas Yeldon's more of that pass catching back. So I think that like there are situations in our minds where we say, Oh, we know who the primary back is, but there's five or so right there where we don't know who the primary back is. And I think that as the, as even late July kind of creeps, creeps upon us, uh, we're going to see situations that become even more ambiguous. And that's just, that's, you know, being on top of those things is really, really important. Uh, just so, uh, you know, talking about the Baltimore backfield, Forsett is going in the seventh and uh, Buck Allen is going in the 11th. So right. that's a significant difference. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look at the gaps between uh, those. Pl- I mean, to to I, look, I'm not trying to just fit him into this podcast because this is what I because I've I've all I've been doing in the last three weeks <laughs> is talking about it. But like Marvin Jones is a similar situation, but it's at the wide receiver position where the the equity gain there is so drastic. Where I mean, there's a there's there's a legitimate chance someone like him could really really boost their ADP come preseason. You know that where where we're seeing how they're actually going to use him and so on and so forth. 
those yeah. are the things that if you can look at the eighth plus rounds, ninth plus rounds, and you can find guys who have upside that could really shine in the preseason just based on their situations uh, not being very clear. Those are the guys that you should be targeting in these drafts because their ADPs are, are depressed right now. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Marvin Jones catches two touchdowns this August, and he probably goes up at least around maybe two full rounds. Yeah, I'm oh, guessing. Ab- absolutely. I mean, right now on Fantasy Football Calculator, he's in the middle of the eighth, and Golden Tate's at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Yeah. And, you know, I've... I've I've already talked to some like a ESPN uh, Detroit Lions beat writer and such and and he said that it's Rothstein from ESPN. He he said that the the situation in Detroit is that Golden Tate and and Marvin Jones are 1A and 1B and they don't even know who the 1A is. Wow. I mean that that's that's really how up in the air that situation is and I think that fantasy owners just haven't really like caught on to the fact that I think that a lot. Of, I mean, this is. I'm not trying to make this into a, a a Detroit Lions thing, but I think that I'm just trying to show an example where there are even wide receiver situations that are like that. I think you could look at at anything Baltimore really because of the way that yes. ball, you know, like anything Baltimore, just because that right. you know Baltimore's a, t- a team that I try to avoid in MFL tens, maybe aside from Kamar Aiken, but I'm totally for in a in a redraft league where you can make up for mistakes and you can you can shift your pieces around. Uh, another good example uh, is uh, Bilal Powell and Ma- yeah. Matt Forte. Yep. Uh, Forte is going in the what? Oh God, the third. Yeah, depending on the site. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the thing with Forte, I've I've talked to friends, ca- more casual players. Like the thing with Forte is they still think that he's very, very, very legit, which he could be, sure. He could but, be, I guess. Yeah. But but uh, I mean, they, you know, I think the more casual. Uh, fantasy players way more into forte than what analysts are. And so Powell's going at uh, the end, the very end of the 10th right now, according to fantasy football calculator. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's the month, the seven round difference. And I'll take Powell pretty much all day there. If I, if I, from a value standpoint. Yeah. Right. Right. I think that's, that's really the exercise that you guys should be doing is if you, if you are drafting mid July, late July, go ahead and look at ADP data and just map out all all teams running back. You know, you don't necessarily have to do like a, a, a Kansas City Chiefs situation or you know a, a Pittsburgh Steelers situation, but map out you know the the fifteen or sixteen questionable ones where you can get uh, the backup so much later, but the, that backup still has upside, and just see where the value really is. I mean, there's some there's some teams where uh, guys are are going to get drafted. You know, like I I think that I even think though at the same time that I'm okay with spending a little bit of a premium on someone like Charles Sims in these mm-hmm. earlier drafts. And the reason for that is simply because something could happen in the preseason and Charles Sims is all of a sudden an RB one. Um, yeah. But at the same time, in a, in a worst case scenario, Doug Martin's fine and Charles Sims still has value. So, right. you know, and, and I, I think that's where you just, you, you have to shift your mindset just a little bit. Uh, I think this is especially critical for anyone who, is either going, you know, is really committed to a zero RB approach, uh, but or, or even is doing sort some sort of modified zero RB um, uh, situation where, you know, you you you're going to have to hit on some on somebody down way down in the draft um, as far as running back goes. So you know, you you really need to pay attention to these guys. Are we are we grouping Ronnie Hillman in with with this? I'm looking at his ADP. It's at the 13th round. I I probably wouldn't. Just because yeah. he's hashtag bad at football, but yeah, he's not good. Yeah, but I mean, I you know, I think that 
there's there's reason to think that um that someone like Devontae Booker would be interesting. I think Booker is just the the, the higher upside guy in that backfield. Just yeah, you know. So like I would look at Booker. I would look at um, Howard, Jordan Howard. Like those those kind of backs that you know we don't know what they can do at the NFL level. Um, yeah. and, and you know because so here like think of it this way. Let's think of the Bears for instance. Okay, right now Jeremy Langford's going in the. You know, I don't know where he's going on fantasy football calculator. I would assume it's it's higher than what he's going in MFL tens right now. I would assume Jeremy Langford's like a fourth rounder on fantasy football. Yeah, end of the fourth. Yeah, okay. So he's an end of the fourth rounder. If he's named starter, how much higher in ADP do you think he goes? Uh, I think he goes to probably the start of the third. Okay, so I I think it I don't think it'd be as significant. I think it would be because oh, like yeah. because at the start of the third you're look you're still looking at like Doug Martin type backs right. For the for I guess fantasy football calculator is going to skew it, running backs a little bit more. It's a little. Di- uh, oh yeah, no, no, you're right. Doug Martin right at the beginning of the third. Yeah. yeah. So that would be. I feel like that's a little. That's that's much. Like let's just say if he's in the fourth round, maybe he goes up around, right from from the end of the fourth to the beginning okay. of the fourth, maybe. Okay. Sure. And so I think that the equity that's gained there is so minimal, in a redraft league, that it's just not worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Where where if you get a guy like a Howard or uh, you know or a Kadeem Carey even I don't know just just guys that that are backups that you're getting for absolutely free if they're deemed starter or if they're deemed a, a big part of the committee then they're all of a sudden going to be six round picks and that's right. that's huge that's massive right. that is a massive massive difference that's really what we're talking about here it's got it's guys and and Sean Siegel has talked a lot about this in his in his writing on Rotoviz it's guys who could benefit from chaos and when we talk about chaos we talk about a catastrophic injury to a running back in 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 august we talk about a total shakeup in training camp in the in you know the depth chart which which happens sometimes Uh, you know just things that that we we can't predict i mean you can't say when you draft Bilal powell you're not saying you know well that's my guy i'm rolling him out every week You, you 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 can't say that off the start, but he's he's standing, you know, right behind a a fifty-seven year old running back with a million career touches. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Right, right. I think that the the name of the game, you know, I I I think a lot of times uh, people draft, and we see this with MFL tens all the time. People draft in the moment in terms of what the situation is right then and there, and you can even see when when coach speak happens in June a guy's ADP drastically changes in June where, where yeah. it's coach speak where like it literally does not matter at all. Uh, and, and you, you see guys just shift depending on what's going on at that time. If you can keep a level head and just see, you know, I, I just think that the bears example is a really easy one to grasp where like with Jeremy Langford, sure. Jeremy Langford and MFL 10 different story because his ADP is lower and you don't have the benefit of going back and being like, Oh, I wish I would have had Jeremy Langford. Uh, whereas if you're, if you're drafting him, in a redraft league, and you're taking him in the fourth round, not only is his ADP higher, so the opportunity cost is higher, but at the end of the day, if he's if he is named starter, you're not gaining much equity off of that. And I think that's really the key with with all of this is that you're looking at what could happen, not what is happening. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, I think that's good enough talk for that about that. Oh man, my IPA just got warm, man. I just I just took like a warm sip. That's gross. Denny has Denny has some vomit coming out of the side of his mouth uh, right now. Uh, that's gross, man. It's like it's so much first of all, so much alcohol. I'm not used to the amount of alcohol, you know, like with, with a 
with a Miller Lite or Bud Light or whatever, you know, you're you're drinking. You're not even really noticing the alcohol. Of course, if you're at a cookout and you have like eleven, then you're noticing them. Sure, uh, the the alcohol. But uh, <laughs> uh, with this, it's every sip. I'm like, oh wow, there's there's alcohol. There's, there's the a alcohol. lot of alcohol. Ugh, you know. Yeah, well, you should you should come to Charlotte sometime and we'll go on a, a brewery tour. Yeah, see, that's my nightmare. Like my friend took me out to this. My friends took me out to this uh, fancy place down the road, and I had all these samples. And I, I, I know, I know, I joke about wanting to pour stuff out, but I wanted to pour it out. It was terrible. Yeah, I, I we went to a lot of breweries this past weekend, and I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I I'm not a beer snob, but I, I like, I, I do like of all of all beer non Bud Light beers. I'm, I like IPAs. Yeah, I know, I know. I can't, I can't. You know, you're not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to the questions. The first one is uh, at Dan Schneier NFL. He says, looking for late round QB elite tier of music scores. And then he says, agree with the premise that it's perfect for writing. It is perfect for writing. Anything by Hans Zimmer is amazing. Anything by John Williams is amazing. Those are the two best that are out there. Uh, actually, Hans Zimmer's uh, um, Inception soundtrack is unbelievable. Oh. Oh man, Un- yeah, unbelievable soundtrack. You you really cannot beat it. Even even and anything anything Batman's really good. That's that's the kind of stuff that that I usually go to. Inception's good. I've I've actually heard that soundtrack yeah. somehow, and it is excellent. Um, and uh, do you like do you sweat when you listen to that? I mean, that's an intense. I get really I get really pumped up. Yeah, I mean, whenever I'm writing about bust rates, yeah, it's just, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. I could see you. I could see you, like getting hyped yeah. listening. Yeah, to like it. I'm just bouncing up and down and stuff, and I'm just like moving my hands and getting going. And, yeah, it's great. it's great. Um, the uh the the one soundtrack I I really like, and I'm I'm not into soundtracks quite like you are, but uh there there will be blood soundtrack is great it's actually i think it's composed by i think it was the drummer for radiohead Hmm. and i'm sorry i know some listeners probably hundreds of listeners right now are like no it's the guitarist or god it's the bassist but whoever it was it's someone from radiohead and it is really good but it's also intense yeah so i find myself getting a little jittery you know while i'm listening i mean if you have if you have spotify you can go on and there's a one of the one of my favorite playlists is ultimate movie scores and it has Um, pretty much everything you got lord of the rings in there you got uh jaw some jaws stuff in there iron man 3's in there uh independence day some harry potter doesn't have bad scores i'm not gonna lie i mean there's there's avatar has pretty good scores the the movie avatar i mean like it i know i know but really really i mean like you can you can find a lot of good stuff on on spotify that that's uh, that's the go-to i after after our conversation about what we listen to uh while we write or edit or whatever um i i was remembering a, a time in journalism school where i had a uh a, a professor who who really really stressed listening to music listening to not you know just uh uh, whatever we wanted pretty much but while we while we created uh while we laid out a paper it was this it was the the class was focused on creating a front page and then the subsequent pages in the newspaper back when people used to read newspapers right and um and i remember people saying oh yeah that was a great tip i was listening to so and so and it really, you know, I felt like I like fell into a groove. And he said, yeah, it, it stimulates parts of the brain that inspire creativity and this and that. And so I was like, I was like, oh, OK, so this is like a shortcut. OK, so I want to put on this music. And I was like, oh, you know, this, that, tick, 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 making it a front page. Oh, look at that. 
I'm still awful at this <laughs> exercise and I'm listening to music. What do you know? What do you know, professor? I'm still terrible. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, next one at coach underscore underscore Hudson. Who will throw more touchdowns to Corey Coleman this season? RG three or Terrell Pryor? Oh hey, man. Yo. I think RG three is going to get that job and, and just, just have it all season. I kind of want McCown, but yeah, I think I, get it, it. I think that's just the way it's going to be. Next one at Ben Cummins FF. What would be Denny's last meal? Since in this hypothetical, he's about to die. I don't want to hear anything about being healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? I I honestly like for for the main meal. I would just want a gyro. Just give me a big fat gyro, like with tzatziki sauce, and make it greasy. I don't even care at that point. Give me a warm pita. It has to be a warm pita. Don't give me don't give me a cold pita. Warm pita, uh, tomato, lettuce. I'm trying to think of what else. Like your, anyway, your, your wife's side of the family is very proud of you right now. Yeah, man, that is man, that's so good. That I is can't. Some even. Good stuff. That's some that's some good stuff. Next one at Shocker Manor. He says with Niles Paul Goat returning, Vernon Davis Hall of Fame <laughs> signing, Doxon Offensive Rookie of the Year drafted. Is Reed even draftable? That's a hot take. I know, I know, I know that it's it's a you know tongue in cheek kind of kind of comment to make. But do you think? Let's just let's just put it this way to get more football talk in. Do you think that Jordan Reed is being overvalued right now? Where is he going? I don't know where he's let's going. Let's say but... I think third. You know, MFL ten still go in the third. In yeah, the, in the late third, early. I mean, uh, it seems. It, so in the third, you're still not really banking on what he did in the in the last half of last year, right? Not completely, no, no. I mean, I, I I don't I don't think it's like a bad pick. I haven't necessarily. I don't think I own Jordan Reed yet in in MFL ten. Which, but that pace, that pace that he had was insane. That was beyond Gronky and pace. Right, right. I think I think a lot of it though too this year. A lot of times that we that people have been wanting to draft Gronk is because of uh, a lot of question marks that are later in the draft at the tight end position. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, the, the position is really deep this year. It's just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like you need to get, you know, we at least understood the argument of getting Gronk early. We didn't agree with it, but like we at least understood the argument for getting Gronk early when there was a, a many more question marks that were that were late in drafts. But now, when you're getting Dwayne Allen and, and Antonio Gates in the double-digit rounds, it's like, you know, do we really need to be reaching for Jordan Reed right now? Yeah, that's exactly... I, I think that the tight end position... I, I've done a little bit of, of research into into whether the the, the thought that, they're, that the position is deeper as far as playable options... Uh, is concerned uh, whether that's just like anecdotal or not. And so far what I have, and I'll publish it later this summer. What I have is, is yes, that is, that is beyond anecdotal. That's, that's real. That's mm-hmm. happening. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, at ADPs right now. Um, you know, uh, Gary Barnage is going in the eighth, right. you know, and, and, and I talked on Twitter the other day about, about tight ends who could benefit from just being on bad teams, you know, who have to throw a lot. Right, well, like we talked okay. about last week, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. And v- Vegas has the Browns projected for four and a half wins. Okay. Right. So they're going to be throwing it. It's just, it's just, uh, yeah. it's amazing. If you just look down the list. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Gary Barnage was the goat last year. Um, next one at Steinman underscore. He says, is it true? The only reason JJ keeps Denny on as co-host is because JJ enjoys laughing at the worst food takes ever. Um, that's part of the reason. The other part is that I like to laugh at 
um, everything else that Denny says. Right. And it, it, also, he's contractually obligated. We had our lawyers meet about three years ago. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And we're signed. And- we're signed through 2027. <laughs> wow that's that's a long time you didn't read it you didn't read the contract <laughs> i i guess i missed that part you know uh, good oh how old am i gonna be oh no well that's we already put it in the contract that's when xavier's taking over for you i, I he he could at that point he'll be he'll be 15 14 yeah oh my gosh yeah Next one at at bedtime thirty seven. What are your favorite or most most memorable fantasy football moments over the past few years? All right, I I think I have I have some. One of them was when what's his name Jim Cramer from from um from what is Mad Money Mad on MSNBC on MSNBC. Or so he follows Silva on Twitter, and Silva recommended him to to us one week where he needed a quarterback, and we recommended Josh McCown when Josh McCown was facing the Redskins. And it was he was on the Bucks, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And McCown was horrible through the first half of that game, horrible. Mm-hmm. And then he scored like nineteen and a half or twenty fantasy points at the end of the game. And it was one of those things where it's like it wasn't like a superb, like phenomenal performance. But I, to me, all my fantasy moments are less about um, my personal leagues and such it's now become about like picks right and 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 guys that you were like and that you know a lot of that has comes down to like what we say on this podcast i always remember like you know games like the eli manning uh redskins game remember that where the thursday night game uh that that you were really up uh excited about and then we we were all about joe flacco and that tampa bay game where he had five touchdowns and then you know last year at the end of the season when we pit, when we told everyone to pick up Kurt, I, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back but you asked for our most memorable moments so uh, when we when we said pick up Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins was the QB one in the fantasy playoffs yeah it was amazing that was wild that was wild uh, uh, Derek Carrier comes to mind that was fun yeah that's a really that was, that uh, was he, unbelievable I think he had like 11 points it felt but it but recommending Derek Carrier that week and him scoring 11 it felt like he scored 36 <laughs> yeah, he definitely did he got like this you got like this carrier bonus for scoring the, like yeah. his his touchdown was 36 points where I, I freaked just, out yeah yeah that's a good one too uh next one is um at Kleisering 88 it's his name's Chris Lizering. Maybe Leasering. Do either of you consistently target third down backs on bad teams so far? I.e. Cunningham, Drawn, Riddick. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Sean Sean Drone where I mean he he's I think he falls into that category of guys who could benefit yeah, from some up. chaos. Yeah. yeah. Pick him up. Absolutely. Um yeah, I I, I don't think I, I think really that it's not even necessarily you targeting them on bad teams. I think that you can just look at general natural pro, uh, projections and just see kind of what they look like. You know, like it's more so just third down backs in general. Um, you know, I, I I even think even though the the Redskins could be decent this season, I think Chris Thompson is still a fine late, late round pick if you want some sort of floor because I think that he'll give you some sort of floor some weeks um, mm-hmm. as we saw last year. So, I think that you can just look down at almost every depth chart and see guys that aren't three down backs, see who they, who you can re- replace them with late and then kind of go from there. And Riddick had a hundred targets. Yeah. Riddick, Riddick is weird because he's like an eighth round pick to begin with, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with him in the eighth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I own, I own a decent amount of Riddick be, only because um, they, 
they they talked about him getting more carries potentially. There is yeah. no more Calvin. They want to play him in the slot a little bit because they don't really have a slot guy um, or traditional slot guy. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I think that um, that Riddick should have a role no matter what, but he doesn't necessarily fit that category just because, you know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a good player himself. Yeah, and he's not going late. Yeah, right. Next one, at Bat Daddy. Uh, when will you broadcast live from the new Ark Encounter Park in Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> the the what? The I think they are building like a giant ark in Kentucky, like a real Noah's ark. Oh my god! I think that's the reference. If that's not the reference, then I'm dumb. I that well, I didn't. I didn't even know that. So thank God you knew you should, something. You about should it. Google it on your phone to make sure that I'm not stupid right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Next one at Zach underscore Dennis. Justin Perillo is hosting a football camp in my area. Should I be worried about a sudden wave of hashtag elite <laughs> dad runners in the near future? First what? of all, can if this is true. You need to go to this camp yes. and you need to tell him about us. Please. And you need to get Justin Perillo on Living the Stream. And then you need to tell him that I will fly to where he is oh and I will challenge him to a 40-yard dash. Oh, my gosh. I, I, loved, I loved it until that very end, JJ. I, I don't know why. I don't know why people think that this can't happen. I, well, look. I'm training I, right yes. now. I'm training right now. And it's, I'm, I'm going to beat him. Is he is he gonna say no to living the stream? Come on. Yeah, I mean, like, like this is his biggest endorsement deal uh, that he's ever yes. had. Come on, this is good good branding. It's very good branding. We'd help him out tremendously. We'd 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 yeah. let him tell tell everyone about his food, his favorite foods, favorite albums, favorite movies. It'd be great. We just let him have a whole show. Sure. Yeah. Next one at Mark underscore Raskin. He actually asked, is there a strategy as to when to draft tight ends? So I think we kind of just covered that. I, yeah, I, right. I, I look at, you know, first time I look at, I'll look in maybe the eighth round and just see if like Fleener's there and then kind of go yeah. from there. I, I'm, and I'm just real quick. I'm not, I'm not totally focused on, on win totals and this and that, but I really am uh, looking at, tight ends who will be on bad teams that will be forced to throw a lot. And that includes a guy like Zach Miller, who's going in the 13th round right now. Right. And the bears are projected not to be good this year. So my dude, that's just one. My dude, Zach Miller. Yeah. Uh, next one. Oshkosh Jeff, do either, or do either of you have any fiery 4th of July takes to share? Here's one. Fireworks are overrated. So is this something that you've noticed on Twitter where everyone hates fireworks? I did not notice that, but I don't like fire. What 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 is what's so great about them? I, I have this yeah, I, I, I have this weird thing where like really loud like a drum, for instance, makes me like I don't know why I'm saying this on this podcast makes me <laughs> <laughs> like like loud drums or like fireworks makes make me blink. Oh really? Like I'll like I'll like if if I'm hearing like if I'm right next to a drum set like like one of my friends uh, growing up had in his basement he had a drum set so we would just like go down there and hang out like play video games and then he then he then he just made a face because he took a sip of IPA. Uh, but he he had he had this drum set and he would make you know he hit the snare or whatever and and I would just like I would just be blinking the entire time. What? It's, <laughs> it's so bizarre, dude. I can't help it. I can't help it. But fireworks are the same thing. So maybe maybe I don't like them because I don't even see them. You're just blinking the whole time. <laughs> I'm just blinking. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I I've never heard of that, but man, that yeah, that's unfortunate if that's if, if that's the case. I, you know, as a kid, I was mesmerized by fireworks, but 
I understand the fireworks are bad for, for dogs. Dogs get really freaked out. And I, and I get that that's not fun for the dog or the dog owner. Um, I know that uh, military veterans have a tough time with, with fireworks um, and for obvious reasons. And that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's awful uh, to, to think about what, what, what they go through when they, when they hear, you know, loud, loud noise, loud, loud explosions like that. But mostly I just see like a ton of hate. I, I don't know any adult who's talking positively about fireworks right now or, you know, last week, whatever. So I think that everyone hates them. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I just Googled blinking loud noises. And this instinctive reaction is called the acoustic acoustic startle reflex eye blink. And is part of the protective mechanism we all show in response to potential danger. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, hey, so you're, I'm just, I'm just paranoid as shit. No, no, your 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 body is doing its its job. It's pro- protecting you. Yeah, That's I'm just good. I'm just on high alert. I'm like a watchdog. Right. I mean, it could be all the cocaine you do, but besides <laughs> that, I think... exactly. Uh, yeah. Next one at DTC underscore Josh M moved to North Carolina a week ago and have yet to go to a Bojangles. Does this make me a terrible person? Yes. What? Yes. Bojangles is the greatest food on earth. Really? Yeah. Everyone needs hmm. to go to Bose. Go get Seems go like to that. Bose, get a four piece chicken. I don't even go that often, but I like when I didn't live in North Carolina, my family lived in North Carolina, when I would visit, I'd be like, I need to get Bojangles, you know, that kind of thing. Now that I'm here, I just never really go to it unless I'm hungover. But you <laughs> you get a you get a four piece chicken supreme and then you can also get bowberry biscuits. Their bowberry biscuits are some of the greatest it's one of the greatest things you'll ever eat. I bet, I bet that's like 67 grams of fat. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. Yeah, I can't. I'm I'm dieting right now, so I would never be able to eat that. Like that would be like probably like a week's worth of calories. And by the way, this segment brought to you by Bojangles. <laughs> yeah, see what you could do, Bose? It'd be amazing. Yeah. I got a Bojangles koozie last weekend. It kind of made my weekend. Man, that that's a big it's a big time redneck move there. I, yeah. I, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Next one, Empire FFL. He says, "Think I already asked, but what are Denny's takes on Golden Corral?" Uh, <laughs> it's it's not edible, right? No, it's horrible. That's it, it, it. Don't go to who who eats there. It no, I mean it's like that's a place where if you walked in there after starving to death in the desert for two weeks, and they served you food, you'd be like, eh, right. Eh. Right. I don't know. Right. I totally agree. And maybe I'll just die. I remember. Did you ever remember Ponderosa? Yeah. I remember. I remember I went as a kid once and we went in there and I got I got a chicken wing and the chicken wing just had like like hair on it, like all oh. over it, like 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 the wings hair, like the chicken Stop hair. It. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not you... kidding. It's like little stubble, like going all around, <laughs> all around the chicken wing. Oh, oh my God! And then I ate it. Uh, no, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's the grossest thing I've, I've ever heard. That's the grossest thing that I can consider right now. And I'm drinking a warm IPA, so <laughs> that says something. Uh, next one at Future Stars NYC. The Browns are calling Duke Johnson the ultimate weapon. What is your take on him this season? What did the analytics say? I love me some Duke Johnson. I do too, but I mean, at some point, his ADP gets kind of nuts right it gets kind of nuts but here's the thing about duke okay we know that he has 70 catch i mean he should catch 60 balls again right easily i think Mm -hmm. so we have that as his floor he's a great 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 redraft ppr back because you have that nice floor 
He also has the upside of Crowell's not that good, and there's opportunity for Duke to take some of that ground game work. Uh, yeah. I, I think that Duke is a legitimate, pretty strong in PPR leagues RB2 option. Like, I, I really do. I think he's a very strong option. Not not high-end RB2, but I'm saying just like a very, very solid option as an RB2. But what about, and and I almost feel, I feel like this this might be even inevitable. What about when he's in, being drafted in the fourth round? Right. I don't, I don't think I could necessarily do that, but at the same time, like, the fourth round is, you know, if we're looking at like MFL tens, you know, I think when you're doing regular drafts, casual drafts, the fourth round has a little bit more to offer than what it does in MFL tens. Cause you're drafting with people that really, really know what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So in the fourth and MFL tens there, you know, I get to like Moncrief, which I'm excited about. And then, and then it's just like J Matt and it's like guys that I'm like, you know, I don't mind, but I don't love like Latavius Murray. I, you know, he's fine, but I think that Duke has just as much upside, if not more. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Give me all the Moncrief, by the way. Yeah, Jeez. Moncrief. We should have a we should have a podcast dedicated to Dante Moncrief. Yeah. Uh, this next one at uh, LG Zorro. He says in four player PPR keeper league, how do how much does roster construction matter? Example, keep T.Y. Hilton as third wide receiver or hang on to C.J. Anderson due to scarcity. Four, oh, four-player PPR keeper. I, I'm assuming you mean that you're keeping four players and that there's oh, not four oh. league members in the league. Um, okay. I, I, I would just, you know, I think that the, the easiest way to go about that because you don't know what your, what your league mates are going to do, um, you know, you have to kind of guess at who they're keeping, but then at the same time, uh, just look at ADP. And, and see the difference in ADP there. Like T.Y. Hilton probably has a higher ADP than C.J. Anderson, so I'd go T.Y. Hilton. I mean, I, I like T.Y. Hilton more to begin with, too. Yeah, me too. Uh, next one, at Double A Cantu. He says, Jordy Nelson and Keenan Allen off injury worry me, so I have Mike Evans and Brandon Cooks ahead of them in PPR ranks. Is that too cautious? Nah. Um, I, I, at least not Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen. I, I can understand Jordy a little bit, but... I think I have I think I have both Jordy and Keenan Allen above those guys, but I think I I would understand if you ranked them Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Jordy Nelson, Brandon Cooks. I, that seems reasonable. I, you know the thing with uh, Jordy, and I know Jordy's not young; he's coming off this ACL tear. But in a full season with Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson has never not been a top five wide receiver. Is that right? I have no idea. I mean, as but, a, as, as a starter, uh, you know, as like a, a full fledged. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't know what his history is, but I mean, he's he's consistently when he plays, he's he's a wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, he's like a top. You know, so if if we start hearing things about his knee not being fully healed or whatever, then that's different. But I just have a tough time, you know, saying, well, you know, Jordy, yeah. Jordy, Jordy Schmorty. I don't say Jordy Schmorty. Yeah. Uh, next one at Fitz underscore eight four three summer or winter Olympics or meh to both. God, so deliver me from Olympics, please. Yeah, meh. Yeah, I just don't. I just can't with the Olympics and and I and and the advertising that goes that's 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 around it and the zombie apocalypse is going to start in this Olympics. Oh, so yeah, let's just get yeah. that out of the way. Yeah. Like the the end is nigh and it starts with the Olympics with the lighting of the torch. The torch will be lit and it will cast a light on the zombie hordes yeah. below the, who have been turned into zombies from the apocalyptic health 
you know, public health crisis. Right, right. The torch will be lit, and then it will be lit. It will. It will it'll be lit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one at Crimson six eight seven. Can you guys recommend any literature or information on how to best create your own projections slash models? So I think the best way to do. I, I don't know any specific literature as to how to do it. I don't think that that's the route that you want to take. I think the best way to take it to to think about it is to go like literally think through what is important to uh to players producing so for instance you know you know that you're going to need volume in some way right how do you get targets well you're going to have to project and then kind of work backwards right mm-hmm. so if you know i f- from my perspective i work at a team level first and then i get into the player level because everything needs to to match up to what the team level says so that you you do have a sum of, of zero essentially uh, and you're not just projecting individually. I think there's way too many people out there projecting individually without it totaling what the team totals actually say. So you're going to get like three 1,500-yard receivers on the same team and stuff, and it makes absolutely no sense. So think at a team level first, and then from there you can really dive, dig into, you know, for instance, if you get the projections for attempts, uh, for, for pass attempts for a team, then you can look at what the, the probable market share is for every player. And once you get that, you can figure out their targets. And once you figure out the targets, you can take their targets and find their yards per target, and then calculate their yards. And then from there, you might want to do a little calculation to find uh, a yards to touchdown formula, and then you can calculate their touchdown. So there's ways of doing it. That's just some example. Um, uh, so I, w- I would just think of it kind of logically and from a process standpoint, as opposed to just replicating what's already out there. The road of his uh, projection machine is a nice shortcut. If yeah, um, yeah, for if sure. Use that. I've, I've used that a lot this off season. It's and you're right. The team level uh, projections uh, that's that's critical because, like you said, you could end up having you know like you know Dez as a wide receiver one, obviously, and then Terrence Williams as a wide receiver two. But are there even that many passes to go around right, in exactly. Dallas? Exactly. I think there's way too many people that just look at like last two season stat lines and then just come up with a stat line based on what they did. But you really should make sure, oh, all the, you know, the entire market share here equals 100% and, and so on, rather than just saying like, this is what he should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, at the manimal 18, it just says, hummus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's disgusting. No, you're you're wrong, Denny. Hummus is delicious. No. no, I wanted to like it. It's it's so uh, what I don't know. Rank like it just stinks, Denny. It's del- it's amazing. I guarantee you, if it's, I went on Twitter and I put a poll out there, is hummus good? We'd get ninety five percent yes. It can't, listen. It my so my wife loves hummus. That's because loves she it. has good taste. But she has come home. There, there's a lot of garlic, right? I mean, there's a, it depends on the flavor that you get, but yeah, I mean, there's okay. there's garlic in it. So she 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 came home one time from like a happy hour or something where they had hummus and whatever, and she comes home and she smells so much like garlic that I'm like I'm like blown away by it. It's it it was it was an incredible thing. I was like, what's what's wrong? Like, is there something in our house that's on fire or something? And it was just the hummus. The hummus hummus stinks literally and, and figuratively. It just stinks. You're the worst. Next one. At Fake Cousin Josh, best childhood cartoon. This is easy for me. It's 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 Doug. Really? Yeah, Doug is goat, dude. 
Uh, I don't know. I uh, just we'll skip it for you because you're. Yeah. I, well, no. Wait. 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 Let me think. Uh, cartoon. Uh, yeah. It has to be tur- Ninja Turtles. Uh, Ninja Turtles is a great one. All right. I'm. I'm cool with that. We can. We can say that's the living the stream pick. Uh, next one at Justin Freeman eighteen. What's the worst concert you ever went to? Lawn is better than seats, right? Uh, I know mine. Go ahead. Um, like a week after nine eleven, my brother had tickets. My brother, who was like fourteen years old at the time, had tickets to to Creed. Yeah. In D in DC, and that's that's yeah. I went with them. That's bad. And it was, it was just a cluster. Like it was a bunch of like. Oh my God. Like, like, you know, talking about like, well, we need to get somebody back, but I don't know who it was like that, like a Toby Keith take where remember Toby Keith had that song where it was like, I, 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 I don't know the difference between Iraq and Iran, but we got to kick some ass somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember that. It was that, it was that kind of, it's that kind of bullshit. So it was, it was the worst concert ever. Yeah. I hear you. I don't really, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a huge, huge concert goer. I went to a Nas concert once, which was pretty horrible. I, well, I, I would say that all concerts are horrible, and I hate I've hated all of them except for maybe one or two. Roger Waters stands out as my favorite. Yeah, but I'm not, I hate being at concerts. Yeah, I'm not a huge concert guy either. Um, let's see, we're gonna have to skip a few questions because we're running out of time here. Uh, next one uh, at Eugene the JB. You guys need a segment D two hot take of the week this week. Julie the cat Gaffney is more clutch than Andrew Luck. I thought that was a good. A good, uh, a good statement to make because we're gonna have the naked and afraid uh, pick of the week. That's going to happen. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, next one at Jim Calu. What is your go-to song in karaoke? Or is CD Carter thirteen on some kind of high horse that he doesn't approve of karaoke? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I like guys, karaoke. D- I mean, Denny's, gotta... D- Denny's fun, guys. He's fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I get this reputation. I don't know. I mean, I, I know I mean, how. But your, have you seen your Twitter account? <laughs> um uh i don't know if i do you have a go-to a go-to no i usually try to go for so well okay so we went a couple weekends ago and amanda and i did sweet caroline just because it was a, it's a fun one to do to get the That's crowd going one. yeah but i really like doing like 90s slow r&b songs like like <laughs> en, like end of the road and like like you know boys to men some joe to see those that kind of stuff all for one. I, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever actually done karaoke. Oh my gosh, that's that need that needs to happen more than the forty. I mean, I, I mean, I've been to a karaoke bar before where people are making fools of themselves, and I love it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Sure, but, sure. Man, I don't know about that. Uh, next one at Grizzly Blair. What is the most uncomfortable movie that you ever watched with your parents? I oh. I, I know mine. I know. I actually had this discussion with friends a couple weeks ago, but mine. Okay. My mom is, my mom hates swearing, right? She like, she just doesn't like bad, bad mouths. Right. And I don't know why, but my wife and I, when we were dating, it was like early in our relationship, we decided to watch Step Brothers when it came out. Oh man. And that was a bad idea. We, we had to turn it off about five minutes in. I it's a great movie, went though. to the, yeah, I went to the movie theaters. Uh, me, me and Melissa went to the theaters with my dad, Mr. Moral, Ma- Moral Majority, 
to see 40 year old virgin oh nice nice and my god those first 10 minutes yeah were agonizing agonizing if someone gave me a a, a cyanide pill at that time i would have taken it (laughs) i i will say though that is pro that's probably one of my top three favorite funny movies of all time it it does it makes me laugh every time i every time every time that's just a genius that's the cast is so good it's just such a good movie also i can't not when i come across knocked up on tv i cannot turn it away right yeah it's a great movie love i just i freaking love because anything paul rudd is in is good wait paul rudd is in (laughs) yeah he's in knocked up oh he is (laughs) and then they made the knockoff of this is 40 yeah uh also oh, one that yeah, you don't want right. to watch with your parents. Oh, yeah, was... um next one is from at brandon gadula at gadula 13 he said this one's for jj can i have tomorrow off that was, that was hilarious <laughs> no brandon you yeah. cannot next one at too much tuma would you rather keep freeman jordy keenan or freeman martin keenan so either jordy or doug martin I've... i mean i'm gonna stick by my guns and go with jordy yeah know? i'll go jordy there uh, next one at Shafe underscore neck. Why don't you ever have guest analysts on LTS besides Denny's dad and Tom Everett Scott? I can't recall uh, any other episodes with guests. Back in the day, we used to. We had like Rich on a few times, and Evan Silva came on the one time. Well, he was a, a fill in for you the one week. Um, but yeah, I mean, we. I, I don't know. I think that for us, it's just we still, you know, to all you listeners, just so you know. This is still very much a hobby for us that we do in, in, in the late hours when we're done with work. Denny has children now. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's it's a lot more convenient to not do that, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. If and we're being I, real, I don't know. I mean, if we're being honest. And I also like only talking to Denny. Right. Yeah, I mean we're we're snobs about it. So that that's that's one thing. But no, I, I think that also just the 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 flow of of the show and like what we do like we're not on on living the stream we're not talking about everything under the fantasy football sun right right we're talking about very specific things right and it gets difficult also just with with three people to you know you you just won't get the same dynamic that's that's really a lot has a lot to do with it uh, right. And also, we couldn't find anyone to pay us to come on. So yeah. that was the main thing. Exactly. Next one. At ha- mhammer43, who are you taking at the 1.04 spot in drafts this year? Is this a significant drop off? Um, I think that it is a significant drop off. I think in a season long league, I'm not, I'm not, a, I, I really do think that one of the first three picks is probably the best place to be in drafts. Uh, and then you just have to hope that someone takes someone that you, you know, not one of those three wide outs. I'm not against taking Le'Veon at four. I'm really not, but I would probably, I think that my dude right now there would be AJ Green. Yeah, it would be hard to pass Le'Veon, but if, if I had to. So what, what are we talking? We're talking about Antonio. Julio OBJ. and OBJ. Yeah. Julio. And then. And then there's a big drop off. I, I, I still think, you know, people think that AJ Green is like close to that tier. I still think it's a pretty big drop off because I think that you can still make an argument that Dez belongs there. As, right. As, I mean, I, I really do. I think that, you know, even I, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins does because he's going to see a pretty yeah. big dip in, in volume. But I think Dez, just given his efficiency, Romo's back, he's going to be a big red zone target again. He's got double digit. I mean, he, he if he's healthy, he's scoring double digit touchdowns. Um, that that to me is just as you can make just as strong of an argument as you can with with AJ Green. But I think I you know I do have AJ Green ahead of him. 
And then, you know, when Josh Gordon comes back, do you put him there? I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, next one at CD's food takes. Oh, boy. How many times has Denny mistaken wasabi for guacamole? Oh. Uh, That'd be rough. Thankfully, never, or I would be dead. Yeah. Uh, this is the next one, the last one at LasserKid18. I can't consistently make contact with three to five irons. Tend to stand up and bleed them. With that in mind, A Rob at number ten too early. Yeah, I wouldn't take A Rob there, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we, you, I you've written about it. I know uh, Jason Shandle yeah. from Number Fire has written a lot about that about A Rob. Uh, you know, yeah, I love A Rob. I mean, I you know he he's certainly he, he's he's a turn pick. I think more so though an early second than a late first. Mm-hmm. Uh, my suggestion on, on, on the long irons. Get your get your weight on your heels and then back a little bit, and I think that you'll stop blading those irons. But yeah, boom, golf pro Denny. All right, Denny, where can everyone find you? At CD Carter thirteen on Twitter, uh, and check out DraftDayConsultants.com uh, if you would like to uh, grab a consultant for your upcoming drafts in in August. And then um, in the meantime, I will be in the bathroom throwing up this IPA. <laughs> Uh, I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on Twitter at Late Round QB. Everything going on over at numberfire.com. I did a couple podcast spots over the past week. Did one uh, with Evan Silva and Ross Tucker the other day. Uh, did one with went on the couch with Sigmund Bloom. So check those those out as well. I think I retweeted them recently. Um, but yeah, numberfire.com. All right, Denny. Now that you finished your IPA, you want to go get some milkshakes? Yeah, definitely. There needs to be some palate cleansing immediately. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Make Brown QB. 